This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. You ready? Mm -hmm. Guys, we're back, baby. Welcome to the Full Blast Podcast. I'm Jeff Fader, and I'm here with my friends Matt Stagmer. But before... We get through it. Before we get into it, we've got to take care of a little business. You know what I'm saying? Number one is Broadback Ironworks. That's broadbackironworks.com. They are the makers of the great 2x72 grinder made for knife makers, sculptors, anybody removing material. And they are knife makers, so they know what you need. If you go to broadbackironworks.com, they have a couple things going on. Between uh, September 15th and the 25th, they are going to be at Quad State, and they're going to be offering 10% off their grinders, attachments, belts, parts, and they'll also be providing free ship, free assembly, sorry, free assembly on unpainted grinder kits during this promotion. It's going to run through 915 through 925, 20, the 25th, and then at the 26th, you'll be able to still get 10% off by using Knife Talk 10. So go check out what these guys have got going on. I'm a big fan of uh, Broadback. I know Matt's a big fan of Broadback. And yes, sir. The guys are great, and I'm looking forward to seeing them at Maker Camp this year. They've been. Uh, I had a great interview with them. If you want to hear their story, it isn't like an infomercial. Actually, pretty. They have a great story. So if you want to do that, go ahead and by all means support a nice uh, local small business down in um, down in. Where the hell they are? I think California. Where are they? Indiana and Ohio. Ohio and my bad. Atlanta and Maryland. Remember I said local? I made a mistake. Don't worry about that. They're in a good American <laughs> business and broadbeckironworks.com are with you. If you're in Australia, I want you to go to nordicedge.com.au. They're a supplier of knife making stuff bladesmithing stuff, blacksmithing stuff, whatever you need to get stocked and resupplied. Uh, definitely check out the stuff they make, like the big Mert file guide that they work with Mert Tansu. They have an awesome uh, brooch that they designed and a beveling jig that's really great. But if you're in Australia and you're looking to get started in a knife maker blacksmith, then go check out what's going on with them. And if you go to nordicedge.com.au, you'll see what's going on, including classes. They're teaching classes. So if you want to get your, get your head in the game, go get yourself a class, okay? Uh, go follow them on Instagram at uh, Nordic Edge, at Nordic underscore Edge. Next is my friends. Oh, baby. <laughs> Lawrence Lake's the man. Lawrence Lake over at Maritime Knife Supply for all your belts, abrasives, steels, kilns, forges, heat treating ovens. You want some damage steel? He got it. If you want some uh, combat abrasives, you want your Broadback Ironworks in Canada, go through uh, maritimeknifesupply.ca. All the TR Maker stuff, Dr. Laren, Thomas's stuff, anything you need to get stocked and resupplied in Canada, if, forget it. And if you're United States... The shipping is just exactly the same. Uh, he does a great job. Lawrence Lake is a knife maker. He takes a lot of classes. He's very involved in the knife making community. He knows what you need. And if he, you're looking for something specific, reach out to him. He might have a whole, get a hold of it. I know he has Matt Parkinson's uh, Rockwell chisels, and that's a hot ticket item, especially if you can't afford to get a Rockwell uh, tester. So check out what's going on over at Maritime Knife Supply. Dot .ca or maritimeknifesupply.com. Many thanks to Lawrence. I hope to see him at Maker Camp as well. Next are, oh boy, my friends at Trojan Horse Forge, makers of the disabled knife finishing vice. They just sent me a grip of their new 
Uh, I got it right here. The T4 Sentinel oil. It cleans, lubricates, protects, and restores. It's this, it comes in this beautiful bottle. You feel like you're a real scientist. It comes in like with a dropper bottle, and it is dynamite. And I used it already on a couple knives, and it's great. T4 oil is more than a protector. It's formulated to be the apex oil in the marketplace. Cleans, lubricates, protects, and restores. Axe, knives, bows, wood, metal, door hinges. The list goes on. Whether you're in a trade that requires the best or you're looking for the best around the house, lubricate with this oil. All ingredients of this product are food grade with the highest quality. I mean, you thought that they did enough with that file with the with the stable rail knife finishing vise, uh, but now they got the T4 oil, which is dynamite. And not to mention, they also have this handle press attachment. So if you want to make sure that your handles are uh, uh, glued into place well, it, it attaches to your uh, stable rail knife finishing vise. So definitely check out what's going on over there. And if you go to trojanhorsefort.com, you put in the promo code FULLBLAST10, you get 10% off everything. And if you're saying to yourself, I need to make a couple extra bucks, I'd like to be an affiliate for the T4 Sentinel oil, get a hold of uh, get a hold of Sam and Jeff over at Trojan Horse Forge and say, I want to be an affiliate. I want to sell your oil. I want to make a couple bucks. And I'm sure they'll send you a case and get you squared away. So go check out what's going on over at TrojanHorseForge.com. Next are our friends Baker Forge and Tool. That's Baker Forge and Tool on Instagram. BakerForge.com if you want to get some wild stuff if you want to get sand mine tiger mine bronze mine all them mines you want to get that special stuff you want to put a razzle dazzle in your life get yourself involved with bakerforge.com and if you put in the promo code full blast you're gonna get 10 percent off your order 10 percent off all your tiger mine 10 percent off your copper mine 10 percent off your gator piss what gator piss what's that it's their proprietary etchant stuff is dynamite joke all jokes aside this is the stuff for you you don't have to tell your customers they don't need to know everything i actually had a whole thing about it. i did an instagram live i was talking about gator piss and then one of my customers says can my knife go into gator piss and i was just like eh, you didn't really pay for <laughs> damascus so <laughs> you wanted the you wanted to do stainless so we're not going to use that for that but everyone's fired up all the knife makers and guess what even the guys who don't like the name they say i don't like the name but but they still send me a, a picture of the of the gator piss that they're using because they know regardless of the name, this stuff is dynamite. So go get yourself some of that gator piss and everything else at Trojan at, at BakerForge.com. Next is I'm I'm going through these, Matt. I'm going through these. Next is my friends at Total Boat. TotalBoat.com slash full blast is the affiliate link to get all your Total Boat stuff. I love their two-part epoxy. I've been using it. Uh, I'm amazed at how good it is. It works on boats where it'll work on your knife, especially if you're looking just to seal. If you're looking for something that works well, this stuff is great. I like their UV Cure. I like, uh, I really, really like their two-part epoxy. I use, a, I use it a lot. I use it strictly, and I've had really great experience. So go to TotalBoat.com slash Full Blast. If it's good enough for Keith Deason, Derek Fromalden, Keith Johnson, Keith Mitchell, good enough for Jimmy DeResta, it's good enough for you. Trust me. Trust me. If, if it's good enough for Jimmy DeResta, it's good enough for you. Period. That's it. Next is GL Hansen Sons at, at GL Hansen Sons at gcarta.bigcartel.com. They he makes a he makes this wild stuff. It, it's it's uh G Carta is a unique composite of natural fibers and fabrics mixed with epoxy under pressure and heat. It's colorful cross-cut micarta with colors and rags, and they look great. And they really are firm, they're strong, they don't take they don't take moisture in. They're they're really, really neat stuff. I, I've been using them a lot, and I really like them very much. So if you go to, um, 
what did I say? I said, uh, I said, what did I say? I said, uh, gcarta.bigcartel.com and t check out the Bofa. Check out the Ripple Cut. Tuxedo by Mikey. Mahi Mahi. Radio Worm Gcarta. Pheasant. Colorama. Hoopla. Get yourself some of that electric fuzz over at Gcarta. Hey, baby. Hey, baby. Are your peaches fuzzy? Go get yourself some of that electric fuzz over at gcarta.bigcartel.com, ladies and gentlemen. And last but not, certainly not least, thank you to Tormek. Tormek are my friends. I had a nice drink with Tormek. The guys at Tormek in Barcelona with my friend Tomer Bonner. They're celebrating 50 years in business and they're celebrating it with the Black T8 sharpening system. It's this awesome water cooled sharpening system. Go to Tormek.com to check it out. If you can go to at Tormek underscore sharpening on Instagram. Uh, listen, people want to know how you can sharpen a knife easy that is repeatable and there's training wheels and you can free. You can do it by with the jigs. You don't have to do it with the jigs. I have changed the way I make knives because I'm using Tormek, and I really, really like it. I have three Tormeks. I am fancy, and I have three different grits, and I just go one, two, three, and I'm done. I got razor blades, and I couldn't be happier. So go check out what's going on at Tormek. My friend is here. My friend is here. Matt Stagmer's here, and uh, that works on in, on YouTube. Matt Stagmer is my friend, and I'm looking forward to hearing how he's doing everything he's doing. If you want, how are you, Matt Stagmer? I'm doing okay. Big picture, things are great. Big picture. So how about the small picture? I mean, it's been a rough week and change, uh, but... I'd be a fool to complain. Things are almost back to normal. Well, what happened? So just oh to boy. just to back it up, you are. We've had you on before. If you haven't heard Matt Stagmer, go listen to the other episodes. You get the whole story. You have an amazing YouTube video. It's a YouTube channel where you're you're doing projects, you're making mm -hmm. stuff, you're showing how to make stuff, but you're making these really cool projects and they're historical and then they're they're fantasy and they're it's the whole nine yards in terms of sword making and these project making videos that works really is mm -hmm. uh, a great resource for entertainment and for education. What's going on? Well, I mean, honestly, I thought you just had me on to talk sports because you don't have. We're going to talk, talk sports. Chris, Chris Cash told me we don't talk enough sports, so we are <laughs> going to talk kidding. sports. Chris Cash said we don't guys don't talk enough sports, so we're we're, we're yeah. hit there. But I want to know what okay. happened. All right. So I've really only ever told like the short version of the story, um, but we have a little bit of time. So yeah, I'll you got tell all the, the time. The medium want. to long version. Go ahead. So, um. Spoiler alert, probably a lot of people already know where this is going to lead, but let me go ahead and set the scene. So, it's a normal Sunday morning. This is September 3rd. This is a week and two days ago. Um, normal Sunday, you, I usually work like seven days a week, but Chris and I have an agreement that I don't come into the shop unless something really needs to be done on Sundays. That's his day. Um, so I usually spend the day with my family and edit videos off and on throughout the day. Right. I work, work that way. Um, usually I wake up around five or six o'clock in the morning. I make a cup of coffee, take a shower, whatever it is, sit down at the computer. I log on discord, see who's there. See if buddies, there's a lot of buddies I play video games and stuff with, see what's going on. I open up my editor and I'll start editing, whether I have a, a video that I'm currently working on or. Uh, sometimes I just take old videos and re-edit them into YouTube shorts or, you know, whatever it is. I'm always editing something, playing around, learning, doing different things. Right. So I have all these things open. 
Uh, I open up my email and I start looking through it because I have a restoration video that I have completely edited for about a week, but I kind of wanted to find, see if I could find a sponsor for it. I have some like stupid mobile game, video game stuff that I could plug in there, but I really, on like tool videos, non like sword stuff, I really like to try to find a tool type sponsor so people don't just click away. And, Is that you hard? Know, has, uh, sometimes. I mean, I'm not the crystal say I'm horrible at it, but uh, you know, it's not the fun part of making YouTube videos is trying to find sponsors. It's, um, and I don't really care if every video is sponsored. I just was like, Hey, you know, there's no rush. I got some big videos coming out soon. So there's no real rush to put this one out. So I was kind of sitting on it, waiting to see if I can get a spot. So but I you have my connections e- with like people who would normally sponsor your videos. Yeah. I mean, and I've sent them with... a message and say, Hey, I'm uh-huh. doing this video. You guys want to sponsor it. And usually that, companies... and I cold call too. Okay. Like, I'll be like, Hey, like it might be, I watch another YouTube video and I see some company or brand sponsoring that that I think is really good. Or maybe I'm just watching videos somewhere else and I just see somebody that, like, I don't know, let's just use Home Depot as an example. I see Home Depot is advertising a lot on YouTube for some reason. I'm like, oh, okay, they must have put, like, some money towards advertising right now. Let me reach out and see if they're interested. I've never done anything with Home Depot, but that's just a... An example, like we work with Lincoln Electric, Broadbeck, Ironworks, all those things. So I always have, um, like you do your ad reads, I always have the opportunity to just fall back on one of my actual like shop sponsors right. and do a spot for them. Um, but I was kind of looking for somebody new and I was, wasn't in a rush. So I opened up my email and just start going through, you know, basically all the different sponsor offers. I get quite a few of them. And um, I've known of a very popular uh, not popular that's a bad word anyway i've known a very common youtube scam that's been going on for about a year and a half maybe two years now where there are fake sponsors that try to gain access to your information um different ways and i've always been very good at avoiding them but i saw this one that was kind of for something that's related to tools and I was like, oh, okay, this looks all right. And usually you can, you can pick out those bad emails pretty, pretty quickly in the early stages, just like broken English or, you know, just does something doesn't look right or they ask you to do something abnormal. Like the email address itself or like, looks yeah, weird, like lots of whatever. Some, something's or... weird. It could be, could be like uh, Chinese symbols or there's usually some red flag where it doesn't even make it past me looking at it. But I found one and I was like, okay. Let me get back to them. And then they asked me for the quote. I looked at I like the brand that they were pitching. I Googled it. It looked legit. It probably was legit. It just was that they were false identifying themselves as being represented or representing them. Right. So anyway, to get this email, email back, I, I actually quoted them pretty high, high number. So I figured they would, you know, talk me down. That's usually how it goes. <laughs> usually they talk, you know, sponsors talk you way down. So I started high, and they immediately like, okay, no problem. And since this is our first working together, as a courtesy, we'll go ahead and pay you half of it up front. All you got to do is look over this agreement and sign it and get it back to us, and then we'll work on your, uh, you know, getting a wire transfer or however you want to be paid. Oh, like, Jesus. Okay. So they, they send me over a email after that that had two YouTube links of examples of ads that other creators had done for the product 
and then one that was supposedly the user agreement. The two YouTube links, if you hover your mouse over it, shows you that where it goes. They were YouTube links, which in retrospect was probably pretty smart by them. So I clicked those links. I watched the ads. They looked pretty good and clean. I was like, all right, no problem. I actually like doing ad reads. I was like, this is this is a good one. This isn't going to be one people click off. And I actually came up with an idea like right on the spot of how to do it, like tie it into the video like uh, in a clever way. And I was like, cool. So I want to do more of that type of ads instead of like it being an obvious ad, have some work going on behind the scenes so people right. don't just click away. So I was like, all right. Then I cover my mouse over what is supposedly the YouTube agreement. I mean, the the basically the contract. Yeah. And it's a zipped file. And I was like, oh, automatically I'm like, oh, this is, I'm not unzipping a file. Uh, I've seen this before where they've like, oh, please. They even said like, you might have to download win.war program to unzip this file, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, eh, I don't think so. So let me just like preview the file before I unzip it. So all I did was preview the file and it showed me that it was like a, a kind of a weird file name and it said dot DOS. What does so that that's mean? a DOS file of some sort. So that's something probably that's going to run on your computer. Right. Okay. Uh, I don't I was know. Like, I was like, yeah, I'm not the most tech savvy person, no, but I also like, I know a DOS file, like run through DOS, like this I'd is probably already, like, at this it should point, be I'd, DOX at this point, like, as probably, a document at this or point, DOC. I'd, at this point, I'd probably already have given my social security number, so you're in better shape than I am. Right. I'm, I'm, keep in mind, I'm very careful about this stuff. Right. And as much as you think you are, maybe you're not. So all I did was preview the file, saw that it was kind of bogus, hit reply to the email, said, hey, I'm not going to unzip a file that I don't know what it is. Please just take a screenshot of the text document and send the screenshot to me. And for now, I can read it that way, and we'll figure out how I can sign your document later. I felt like that was a good test to see if they were legitimate. In the back of my mind, I'm thinking, hmm, maybe not. Mind you, I told you before, I previewed the file already, which I always thought was a safe way of looking at something. Now, in retrospect, I know that just previewing a file does kind of sort of open it, and there are certain files that even if you don't unzip them can run immediately. I didn't notice anything weird. Nothing flashed up on my screen that I noticed. Probably did and I didn't notice it. I don't know. But like I said, I was editing and I was playing video games. So at that moment, I sent that email asking for the screenshot. I logged into a video game with my friend Mike. We were playing a game called Dark and Darker. Kind of cool. It's a little dungeon crawler type thing. And in that game, every once in a while... If one of you dies, the other person can continue on, and then you're kind of stuck there watching him. And if that happens to me, I'll just alt-tab out, continue editing, or continue emailing, whatever. So I alt-tabbed out, and it, literally the moment I alt-tabbed out, my phone starts vibrating, and it says, uh, someone is trying to access your account, is this you? You know, all the alerts that you get if someone's trying to change your password. And I go, no, this is not me. And then it happened again. I said, no, this is not me. And then it happened again. I said, no, this is not me. I was like, So then I log in. YouTube. YouTube sending these. Google. Google sending you. Because your Google account is your YouTube account. Okay. So that's also my email. I was like, what's going on here? This is freaking me out. It did. I didn't even put it together that it was like that I had gotten got. 
it's just like every once in a while this kind of thing happens or I don't know, somehow someone gets your email and tries to access it. I mean, my email is kind of public, so it's not that hard to find it. Yeah. Um, so I then log on to my actual browser on my computer instead of doing it on my phone. And I say, like, stop. This is not me. This is not me. I do it over and over. Finally, at one point, uh, all of a sudden, my Google account logs out. And it says, please log back in. So I type in my password. said, this is no longer your password. This is an old password. It was changed two minutes ago. I was like, oh, crap. So I do the whole, okay, you know, change my password. And it says, uh, you know, enter these questions, blah, blah, blah. I start, like, trying to recover my thing. Mind you, from the time that I got the first note on my phone till now, it's only, like, 20 seconds. It happened really fast. So I try to like recover it. It says, you know, I can't. I try to get to my secret questions. It says that my secret questions have been changed. They're no longer the questions I had. And mind you, I always actually I should back up. I didn't do the questions yet. I went to my recovery. I have a second email tied to my Google account like everybody should, which is not a Google email. It's a whole nother email service. I log into that to try to recover. Click the recovery link. And it said, this email is no longer associated with a Google or YouTube account. Uh, And I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. I mean, immediately when the first email came in, I got nervous. But then like at this point, I'm like, oh my God, somebody's like legit hacked into my Gmail. Like this sucks. Not thinking YouTube whatsoever. I'm just thinking Gmail sucks. So I go through all the steps trying to recover that. It just everything had been changed. I have uh, original, like YouTube sends you a letter when you get monetized with backup codes and stuff. I think I don't remember where that letter came from, but whatever. I wrote down those backup codes. I grab those backup codes. I enter those in. It says those backup codes have been changed. (sighs) What the hell? I'm like, how is this possible? If they didn't have any of my secret questions, they didn't have my password. They didn't have my backup email. They didn't have any of this. How is this all getting changed? So I was like, okay, phone number. Request a, I literally said, you know, request my password change. Send me a code to my phone. The two-step authentication. You know, we're all used to this by now. So I requested that. It said, sent the code to your phone number listed. I didn't get a text. Oh, I was like, what's going on? Fucking dudes. So then I, I did it again and I typed, you know, I got finally, I like had to do all these mega steps. This is all like one minute timer still going. It's not even past a minute yet. I'm like, okay, what the heck? Uh, got to a, like a thing where it prompted me to enter my phone number. So I entered the phone number with my email and it said, this phone number is no longer associated with a Google account. That's when my heart sunk. I went, well, what do I do? So I'm freaking out. I'm pretty much in despair. My wife went to roller derby practice um, that morning. So I didn't even get, I couldn't even get on her computer because she has her personal, you know, password set up. So a few minutes later, she showed up. I run outside before she even gets to the door, told her what's going on. I needed to log on her computer to see if I could. Um, 
I kind of forgot a step. I turned my computer off thinking maybe someone had like actually like accessed the computer itself virtually and that's how they were doing this. That's the only thing I could think of. So I turned the computer off thinking, okay, I stopped them for a minute, maybe. So she gets home, she sets me up on her computer. I try everything I can. Uh, Everything's shut down. I get to the point where I tried to enter in my secret questions because I'm I've always prided myself on my, all my different accounts, secret questions. Like, there are questions that my parents wouldn't even know. If you didn't know me when I was eight years old and knew me perfectly, you wouldn't know them. And I have, this is a tip to a lot of you out there, even though it didn't matter in my case. If you have secret questions you answer, throw one question in there that you know the answer to that doesn't make sense to anyone else. For example, uh, what's your favorite con- uh, color? And, and answer it with puppy. Something that's not even a color. I would never remember that. You know what I'm saying I'd like that? I never remember that. Something like that. Or like, what's your favorite baseball team? And answer the Baltimore Ravens. It's not even baseball, but you know that you did that. <sighs> You're so right. I have right questions you write that. down the answers, because otherwise, yeah. I don't well, know, I'm out. Anyway, I have one that I always use that's kind of like that. So I was like, all right, no way they could change my questions. Well, questions had all been deleted. So I was completely screwed at that point. And literally, you can imagine, this is about... At that point that I had entered the questions, I was probably 10 minutes gone by since the first Google alert. And um, uh, top top level anxiety, uh, massive amount of embarrassment, um, complete and utter just like despair. Right. Even though I know these things get resolved, sometimes they don't. And when we get further in the story, I'll give you an example that's happening to me still. but. I was just like, I didn't know what to do. So one of the, I thought real quickly, I was like, who do I know that knows YouTube like better than anyone? And Alex Steele, obviously. Alex Steele. I Alex Steele would answer me. He flew, but, uh, he, flew, he flew on his little magic carpet to save the day. Yeah, exactly. End of story. Yeah, pro- all, all of a sudden, he waved his hand like uh, Harry Potter and it was all fixed. Oh, uh, actually, so it was my friend. I texted my friend Andy. Andy Signor, who is actually the creator of Man at Arms many, 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 many years ago. He was one of the executive producers um, at All Me and Defy Media. He created Screen Junkies. He's done huge, huge things. Um, He has his own channels now, and I was like, this guy has dealt with YouTube on every level. He's got to have a phone number or, you know, an email to someone that knows something. And he said, yeah, just the only thing you can do is tweet at YouTube support. And I was like, I'm not a Twitter guy. I have a Twitter. I just don't really use it. Um, sometimes brands in their contract want you to like do a branded tweet. So I, that's really the only reason I have it. Um, so I, I was like, oh, my good Lord. So my only shot is to like tweet at YouTube and hope they see my little 5,000 follower account and, and, and decide to help me. And then how do they ver- how would they verify you anyway? So I tweeted at him like, "Hey, at YouTube support, please help my Google and YouTube accounts." At- Mind you, this is only like 11, 12 minutes into the whole process. I already am getting emails fr- from uh, you know, just spon- I mean, just people who are subscribed to my channel like saying, "Hey, you're you oh, I I totally forgot. I missed a whole step in this." Go okay. Ahead. So this time, it's only my Gmail. I didn't even think about anything. But I'm in Discord on my wife's computer. 
and I open up the That Works Discord, and everybody's going crazy that the YouTube's hacked. And I'm like, How do they oh, know? Because it, I'll, I'll get there. So I go to YouTube. This is only a few minutes in. The banner is changed. The actual name of the tent channel is changed. The icon is changed. And they're live streaming cryptocurrency live stream like scammy bullcrap. It actually oh. didn't look scammy. That's the whole point is it looked like it was a conference about cryptocurrency. And they're like, click this link to blah, blah, blah. And apparently that's where the scam kicks in. So I'm like, oh my God. At that point, it went from my email, which I was scared. And throughout all this, I'm using my phone to change like bank passwords and everything that oh, I could think of. This is getting financial worse. Stuff. It's getting worse and worse, my- Matt. When the YouTube goes, like, this might sound vain to some people, but that's my livelihood. That's how I pay for my home. That's how I feed my kids. Uh, I make stuff and sell it every once in a while, but for the most part, I make my living off of YouTube. It's not a great living, but it's a living. And when that was gone, my heart just was beating so fast that it felt like it wasn't beating. Uh, I don't even know how to describe that unless you've had those moments, those phone calls when a loved one died or something like that come close. Um, It was just like, oh no, my possible everything is gone. All the hard work, the years of building up, and now they're streaming for people to to click on the link and then they'll get hacked too. All coming from that work. I think the link was a financial thing. Right, right. So... You know, so you're putting other people. So you feel as though not yeah. only you, yep. you feel as though you're putting other people at risk too. Hundred percent. Because they trust you. They're hundred percent. And you know, how many subscribers do you have? Well, six thousand less than I did. But well, how many altogether? Eight hundred and ten thousand. That's a lot. Well, if you just That's jam one guy, it sucks. Yep. Yep. Oh. You just got to think that. You know, there's a lot of gullible people out there, unfortunately, still. And I guess I'm one of them, to yeah. be honest. And but, then, you know, your subscribers are like, hey, Matt wants me to get some Bitcoin. This sounds like if yeah. Matt says get a Bitcoin, right. I'll listen to him. Right. Oh, so I see that. Oh. See, that's gone. Then I do that whole process again, trying just through YouTube, but I couldn't log in. I couldn't do anything. It's all tied to your Google account. It was gone. Um, I have two channels that I run. I mean, I have multiple channels, but through that Google I have two channels um, to that Google account, and both channels are running the same scam. I'm dealing with things, so I don't even have time in Discord to tell people to just calm down, don't do anything. So people start reporting it, doing what they think they should to get YouTube's attention. Um, but meantime, I did tweet at YouTube support, and honestly, they got back to me really freaking fast. Wow. I mean, like within minutes. They were like, hey, we understand your Google accounts hacked. Can you give us an email to send, you know, information to you to help? So I used my wife's email account from her computer. They sent me a link to fill out this questionnaire to recover your stuff. I explained I was hacked. It was a very extensive questionnaire. Yeah, of course. Um, and some of the information I just didn't have because that shit's stored in either the cloud, right. my Google account cloud, or it's, you know. Stuff that I always assumed I could have access to through my email. Like, you just don't realize how vulnerable all that stuff is until it's gone. So I filled it out thinking, there's no way that I had enough information for them to, to restore this. 
So I send that email, and then, of course, I'm like, boom, go to YouTube, go, my YouTube account got hacked, like, what do I do kind of thing in the search to see what happened. Find out this has been going on, and one of the top tech channels, Linus Tech, which a lot of your listeners will know what it is, even if you don't, has like 14 million subscribers, and they're like a tech company that teaches you how to avoid this kind of crap. And they got hacked. And I was like, oh, okay, well, if they got hacked, I started to feel less bad, almost honestly, when I saw that. Um, same scam, probably not the same people, but same idea. Um, and that they had got their account back in 24 hours, and he shared his whole like story on uh, just the waking up in the middle of the night to the alerts. Everything that just happened to me, it just happened in the middle of the night to him. And uh, basically kind of gave it a rundown, like, just calm down. Everything's going to be okay. In 48 hours, things will be all right. So I was like, okay, fine. And sure enough, in about 48 hours after all my stressing out, I did gain access to it back through. I mean, I had to do so much. It's incredible. Like, I'm just top-notch anxiety for 48 hours. Every, like, Two hours, two to two to six hours, I'd get another email and they'd ask for some other bit of information. And I'm give a little context. I'm in the middle of a really big sponsored build that I actually had Steve House from Moonshine Metalworks come over from England to help me with. So he can film me, I can film him, and we work together on it. Right. So that that's another thing that went through my head, like, oh my god, I don't even have a channel anymore. This sponsored thing that's that's like I already spent a ton of money just getting Steve over from England and I've already paid him a bunch. Like I'm going to be out these thousands of dollars I've already spent and because they're not going to want to do this video anymore if I don't have a channel. So all that's going through my mind. Uh, Sure enough, after about uh, 48 hours, I got the Google account back. I changed everything, changed my password, changed all the secret questions, got the new verification code, did all this, did that, add my phone number, all that stuff back in. Got the YouTube channel. Luckily, the videos weren't deleted. They looked deleted, but they had just made them private. I don't know why. They could have just vandalized the hell out of it and deleted it. There is no, like, go back button on YouTube if they do that. So if they had done that, I would have been super screwed. So it was kind of best case scenario wow. on that front. But I had to go in manually and make every video live. A lot of the information was deleted for whatever reason. Like the descriptions in the videos. All my community posts were gone. Hmm. My live streams were all deleted. So I did lose like a bunch of stuff. Um, but in general, like I got it back. So happy, happy ending on that note. My second channel, which is called That Works 2, T-O-O, which I thought was pretty clever. Um... <laughs> Still is not back. We're almost two weeks, you know, we're, what, 10 days out from it happening, and I still don't have that channel back because when they were live streaming that crypto thing, some of my supporters and, and, you know, people who watch that channel thought it would be a good idea, and they're probably right, to report it as many ways as YouTube would allow it to be reported, just to get it taken down as quick as possible. Um. And I'm, I'm really talking a lot here. No, but, you know, okay. it's this story's so, uh, this story is incredible. Keep going. Yeah, it's just uh, it's like I'm getting like shaky again just talking about well, it. Well, it was I'm gonna so work, we're gonna awful. work out. We're gonna work it out. We're gonna work it out. So the second channel was also hacked, and these 
my supporters thought it would be a great idea to report it all the different ways they could. So, I mean, imagine thousands of people right. reporting the channel. Some people reported it as a copyright infringement or a trademark infringement, whatever, whatever it is that they could report, they were doing it. And I was thankful, I guess. But I didn't think in retrospect what could happen, which is now I finally got through to, use, to support this morning, and they recognized that it was hacked. They recognized that most likely the copyright claims that were put on it happened because it was hacked, except that's their legal department. So I had to file a whole new thing with the legal department. And I've done that now like seven times. And every time I file with the legal department, I get an automated response instead of a human response, which basically says you have multiple legal claims against you. We're not restoring your channel, blah, blah, blah. So that's where I'm at right now is I haven't gotten a human on the legal side to actually, even though I got a human that I'm talking to through the YouTube support thing, I'm like, can't you walk next door and talk to somebody and explain this to me, to them for me or like whatever it is, like I need a human to talk to and they will not give me one, Uh, which is just so frustrating. But at the same time, Like, I think there's going to be some steps that I can get there. Honestly, I feel like because that channel wasn't monetized that they just don't give a crap. Right. Which sounds awful, but I've heard similar horror stories. It's like the big channels get restored really fast. Right. Like Linus Tech was under 24 hours. Mine was about 48 hours. And then I hear these others. If you you just do a Google search, I got my channel hacked, you'll see like these 30,000 or less subscribers, which just still sounds like a lot to me. Um, getting nothing, no getting help. nothing done, or or taking two months and then having to redo things over and over and over and hope for eventually a human to see it. Um, it just blows my mind that it's been this difficult and that it could really be as simple as it's not monetized. I hope to get that back because it was kind of that was kind of my fun channel. That's where I was putting behind the scenes stuff. That's where I was putting all my like YouTube shorts, like reels, basically the same thing right. on there. That's where I was doing like a podcast I had just started called Behind the Build, where like every time I did a build, I was trying to do like a like thirty to forty five minute just sit down discussing the build, discuss why we did things in long form, um, stuff I couldn't fit in a fifteen minute build video, and I was kind of enjoying that. They were kind of some of them were hitting them hitting some of them weren't i was also starting to do like four minute cut down versions of like our 20 minute builds and i thought those were pretty fun and it was just like if i wanted to do anything i would be able to play with it there that was like my playground and i really enjoyed it um but that's gone and if it is gone forever which i don't think it will be i think somehow some way i'm gonna get it back but if it's not at least i got the one that actually has my finances tied to it back and that is quite literally where we are right now. So when <laughs> they hacked, when they hacked the fir- the first that works, did they have access to to your like your financial stuff? Like your, I mean, obviously when YouTube pays you, they it goes through. I, that was a concern. So that's called your AdSense. Um, that's one thing that YouTube makes you verify that everything is good before they restore your channel, and everything was good. Technically, yeah, they could have changed the bank account information. This is the bizarre part. They did all of that information changing, and they never had to enter a password. 
That is a major flaw, and I don't think anybody from Google or YouTube's listening, but if they are, that is a major effing flaw in your system. If you, say, log on Facebook from a different zip code that you've never logged in on, it will prompt you to do your authentication. If you try to change your password, you have to enter your password. And they text it, or they'll text you a code. Or they'll text you, or there's something. Google... So apparently what this did, I thought maybe they were like on my computer virtually. So, but that's not what they did. It's a cookie hack. So any, they, whatever it is, the little program that runs when you open their file goes into your logged passwords and can access it as if it's you, them on your browser. So I'm pretty careful to sign out of my email. I'm also pretty careful to sign out on my YouTube if I'm doing anything maybe not great. That could be any kind of risk. What do you mean? However, what do you mean not great? Like what? Like whatever. Like if I'm, if like, for instance, the email, like oh, if okay. I'm like going through I something weird, something. like I'll log out of, Okay. I don't do anything that like that okay. on this computer. Right. This is All my right. babe. Like, I was just, you know, nothing weird. Sure was... I do play games on here. I know. So, I, know. I just was so, like, you know, okay, I got nope, you. None of the prawn. None of that. Ah, yes, so, yes. Okay. So it can log basically as if it's on my computer, on my browser, go to a website and log log in if my password is stored, if it's cookied in. So that initial email they sent me with the links to a YouTube video, a couple YouTube examples of the sponsorships that they're looking for, kind of ensures them that I had logged into YouTube recently so they they kind of gave themselves a little backup like okay that'll be cookied in and whatever i click they knew i was in my email because whatever i clicked that link it was from an email so the two sites that they're looking for are immediately there i don't know why i never got any notification from anything else them trying to get in they never tried to get to my will oh, i'm not gonna say my bank they never got into my PayPal. They never went after anything financial. I don't think they gave a crap about it. I think they're very one-track minded on just they wanted my big channels right. to try to get do their people. crypto scheme. Apparently, the crypto makes way more money than worrying about the couple hundred dollars I make a month off YouTube, which, to be fair, I don't make much money off of YouTube ads. They wouldn't have been making very much money. Um, I really don't make that much money off of that because I don't like to clutter my videos with a ton of ads. Usually add in the beginning, add, add maybe two ads in the middle and one at the end. Yeah, uh, If you let YouTube auto-put ads into your video, there'll be like five in the middle. Oh, yeah. But I don't, I don't feel good about having an ad from in between like the beauty shot and the demo at the end. They'll put two ads in between them. That's, that's... And I think if you people will just leave if, <laughs> if an ad pops up in the middle of a beauty shot. It takes the whole mood out. So I get rid of all the end ads, all that stuff. So I honestly don't make a lot of money. I wasn't really worried about that. Um, but all of that was fine. Um, and everything kind of is back to normal. I still don't trust logging into any of that stuff on my actual editing uh, computer. I've moved now to doing everything on a laptop that um, literally all I'll do is answer emails and that has nothing to do with the account that logs into my YouTube. So if I ever accidentally do this again, all they're going to do is gain access to a, a 
email account that's linked to absolutely nothing. Ah. So I've taken, like, if I get a sponsor email into my main email, I say, hey, I'm forwarding you to my brand manager. You know, you can talk to them there, even though it's still me. <laughs> and uh, we talk that way now. I don't take any chances. That's got to um, be the whole story. It's just crazy. And I mean, I'm, I'm, like I said, I consider myself extremely lucky. Um, I had, you know, my wife, uh, Chris, uh, Steve, like a lot of close friends, like reach out to me. And, you know, even in person, when I went into the shop the next day, you know, we like to break each other's balls pretty hard to shop, but I knew that it was like a serious subject when Chris was very understanding and very nice to me about it. Like it, it, it was so embarrassing that I think everybody knew the gravity of the situation and it just, it freaking hit hard, man. I bet. I never thought it, I never thought like something like that would happen to me. And if it did, I didn't think it would be like that bad, but like, man, I've got a lot of money out, like paying back taxes and all this different stuff that I don't have that much money right now. And I'm trying to buy a house sometime in the next six months. And it's like taking my income away and having to figure out, I can figure stuff out on the fly really well. I've, I've evolved quickly and figured out, you know, how to, how to have an income many different times and kind of rebooted my life many different times. But the, I was so overwhelmed that it was just, absolutely like the suck the suckiest of sucky moments because well, it's uh, it's such a violation mm-hmm. and like i said it's tied to embarrassment no matter like right i like i debated on whether or not i was going to put a video out like the whole i got hacked video but i felt like it could honestly help more people than uh than just saying oh woe is me help me out um like i said my mood and my whole the anxiety level dropped at least a little bit when I watched Linus Tech video about how he got hacked and, you know, kind of, he had a very nice undertone like the whole time, like reassuring everything was going to be okay. Um, Cause he probably figured that a lot of people were going to look towards him <laughs> when it happened to them. And it, when I, I Googled the title of the video of the live stream that was playing on mine, when I put that into YouTube, like 10 other channels were playing the same live stream. So they got a bunch of people that morning. And um, I probably I was the biggest channel, but I mean, I... but uh, it just sucks. So I put out a a video, basically of what I just explained, but I tried to do it much quicker, much less detailed, um, and basically just asked, like people kept asking me what they could do, what they could do. Should we tweet at them? Should we do this? Do we that? And the only thing I could think of was because my videos all got shut off for two days. YouTube algorithm. People complain about the algorithm all the time. The algorithm has been pretty good to me for the most part, except when I do a knife making video for whatever reason. Mm. YouTube hates my knife videos and they don't put it out at all, even if it has good retention time and all that. But um, I just asked everybody to go watch some videos to try to like jumpstart the channel again. And I did lose 6,000 subscribers from it. That doesn't sound like a lot, but. It, like compared to my 810 i still have so i'm chris was like who cares yeah screw it he's like six thousand. that doesn't mean crap for what you got he's like you're fine you'll rebuild but it's really hard to get subscribers these days on youtube people don't subscribe to channels anymore like they just don't like they know that the algorithm is going to work for them 
and it works for me. Like I watch silly Star Wars theory videos and like Ravens coverage. And when I log on YouTube, those things are right in front of me without subscribing to any of those channels. So people are less inclined to subscribe these days. And if you ask people to subscribe in videos, sometimes that'll disgust them and just tune them out yeah. and they'll just leave. So subscribers are hard to come by. So 6,000 was like, oh, like in perspective the other channel that i haven't got back yet only has like 8500 subscribers and they're that probably lost a ton too so that's almost like a whole nother youtube channel gone and it sucks but really the only thing i i asked those people to do in that video was go put on a playlist and let youtube know that people still want to watch my videos and hopefully they'll kickstart uh some views again and i think it, it for it's not back to where it was yet, but it, it's doing okay. So there is kind of a happy ending, at least for the main channel. You know what the sure. moral of the story is? Hmm. Chris should let you work on Sunday. That's right. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's when it comes down to it, this is all Chris's fault. Chris that's should right. let you come in on Sunday, and then you wouldn't have been answering that email. Let me tell you, it's probably good for both our I know. mental health I know. statuses to give each other a little break. I know. I know. And it's his home. Man. Of course. Work, I know. Work, you know, I'm just we work kidding. 20, 20 feet from his house. So it's, it's given his wife a break for me and everything. I know, um, I know all about it. But you're right. That is the moral of the story. And, and the other thing is, I am, I, not that I ever took it for granted, but perhaps I did. And I wasn't, I guess this last year, I haven't worked as hard as I could on the content side of things. Um, I feel like when I went for my JS set uh, freaking year and a half ago now, I feel like since then, I kind of like had, that was such a major life goal that I like kind of chilled out a little bit on the content. So I am reinvigorated for sure and just motivated to get back at it and kind of use this as a a reboot, relaunch, get myself, get my priorities in order and um some people don't like the fact that maybe they're a content creator and they think it's a negative. But for me, like I know so many, it, nothing feels quite like being at a show like blade show, seeing somebody like say Will Stelter's age or even older. And they come up and you're looking at their work like, Holy hell, look at this mosaic kitchen knife. It's amazing. And they say, Oh, hey, you're Matt from That Works. Like, I started watching your videos when I was in high school, uh, back in Man in Arms days, and you're the guy who really, like, motivated me to get into trying to do this. And that, like, feels amazing to think I had a. I don't even know if all that's true when people say that, but to have even one person that turned out to be such a talent, like, decide to get into the whole craft because of something that some video I made makes me realize that like saying you're a content creator most certainly is not a dirty word. Like I, I've embraced it. I'm going to embrace it even more and um, we're going to make some really cool videos and I got a lot coming up. So I'm excited. But the thing is, is, the reason why, the reason why it's a, you, you would see some people would think is a dirty word is because you take, you know, you have established yourself over the years in terms of you are making videos and content. You've, you're not one of these fly by night guys who are just like, I got, I started a podcast. 
and then they don't do they do two two or three episodes and then they you don't see them again. I mean you've that's the thing. It's like people use words and then they say what they are or the, what they're. I guess going content to. creator is not so dirty, but like influencer would be. Oh kind yeah, of that's yeah. bad. Yeah, that's I'm bad. an influencer, but like that's technically, bad. I influence people, so I don't know. But uh, yeah, it's not. It's never been about uh, fame or hell. It's not even about fortune. It's just uh, I've I worked at a sword manufacturing company very long, hard days for twenty three years, and I feel like the whole time I went to like my last two years of high school and my short stint in college, I studied visual arts. Photoshop had just come out. Um, I studied all that different stuff, architecture. I always thought I was going to do something more along those lines. I took photography one and two, uh, 101 and 102. Um, I thought I would be somewhere doing that. And having a career in making blades or metalwork in general, and then all of a sudden my YouTube, the man-at-arms thing went away in a different circumstance, but that thing went away. They went bankrupt. So that whole thing was taken away from me. Um, and it was just like a eureka moment for me. Right. Like, oh, I can do what I always wanted to do and use what I spent a lifetime learning how to do to be my launching pad. And let's go. So I bought a $600 camera, literally a 600 piece of crap camera. And I started making YouTube videos. Our first YouTube video on that work was all filmed on the iPhone. A crappy iPhone, and I edited it all on the iPhone, and there it goes. Chris Cash, he just relaunched his YouTube channel, uh, Mount Phillip Metalworks on YouTube, and he films every video on his iPhone. Like you, it was a humble beginning, but like I put, it felt like I put both of my actual artistic interests into play with this YouTube channel, and I really enjoy it. I do all the filming, I do all the editing. Like in this case, I got. Uh, Steve from Moonshine over here, he did some of the filming, but I'm still editing the whole thing. And and it, I think I'm getting to the point where I need a little help, where I'm probably going to hire an editor to do some things. But I've I've loved the journey, and I love what I do. Like, and I'm not embarrassed the least bit. Yeah, I do do some very goofy, stupid things sometimes, but that's just part of it. I did that when I made swords too made a lot of stupid swords that's a, that's okay there's <laughs> a lot do. there's a lot to unpack yeah. and some of the things are things that i've brought up a number of times over the the past year you were yeah. talking about the algorithm and mm -hmm. what's interesting is and this i think a lot of it is you know you said you couldn't get a person to talk to when you talk about the whole, we were just talking about, you know, people say they're content creators and they come up with a YouTube page. And I know mm -hmm. a million people have started. When we started Knife Talk, our numbers were dynamite. And then through the pandemic, when everyone started a podcast, our numbers really washed away to the yeah. point where I said to the guys, I'm like, don't look at the ratings because it's not worth it. You, you're getting washed really? away. Be well, it doesn't really matter because it's like the most important thing is just doing good content and then having your <laughs> listeners share it. The other thing is, is with podcasts in general is, is when you start looking at the ratings all the time, you're not focused on, you're not focused on good shows. I mean, that's oh, what same thing with me is I'll, I'll, I got to the point where 
I was like anxiously checking my analytics yeah. like multiple times through the day. You There's gotta, nothing you can do about no. it. Like you just put it out, let it go. Well, so the so, so the thing is, is there's so many people doing YouTube channels and doing, mm -hmm. I know a guy in my neighborhood who during pandemic started doing cooking show. You know, I, mm -hmm. everybody's doing it. So there isn't, there isn't possibly enough people to do any customer service for any of these like instagram you're out mm -hmm. you know facebook you're out you don't there you i hear this stuff all the time you gotta find some you can't do it that number one is it's like that's a huge issue number yeah. two is the concept of the algorithm is fascinating because recently there was this uh, i don't know if you heard of section 230 i've talked about this until i'm blue in the face but i'm going to keep talking about it because it's important section 230 is this uh part of the i think it's part of the telecommunications act in the united states and what it does is it protects companies like google and youtube well youtube's google it protects youtube it protects instagram uh facebook and it protects all these companies from what they're what they're the people who are on them post so if you see something that's inflammatory or someone says something that's libelous towards you you mm -hmm. can't you can't you can't you could try to sue youtube but the problem is section 230 protects them against you know any kind of anything they're really protected against what they're the people on them on their on their platform promote yeah. so that that's you know it's helpful because otherwise you wouldn't be able to have the content you do yeah. so what happened was like a number of, like a year and a half two years ago there was this woman who was killed in an isis attack in paris and it was very tragic obviously and the sure. family and the lawyers decided that they were going to try to sue google because they believed that the isis member was recruited by isis because if you look at these isis videos or whatever i'm just using isis they'll recommend something so the algorithm mm -hmm. recommends something. If you like that, maybe you like this. And what they're right. trying to do is these law, there's lawsuits, probably more lawsuits than Google versus Gonzalez that are probably trying to, they're poking holes at the concept of what Section 230 is, which is hmm. if there's an algorithm that prom is promoting, you know, obviously YouTube isn't saying watch this, but if their algorithm is saying you like this, maybe you like this, then all of a sudden that is falling from behind of what uh, Section 230 pr protects. So all of a sudden you're starting to realize when this case came about, these companies were starting to realize, well, Section 230 may not cover our asses with the algorithm. So what they started to do is they started to self-police. Now it gets into the whole knife thing and, and a lot of, I, we get this all the time on Knife Talk and it kind of drives me crazy because I just want to pull my hair out. They say, ah, oh, you, you, Instagram is shadow banning knife makers. Mm -hmm. Instagram is shadow banning gun makers. But when you start mm -hmm. to realize what is happening with Section 230 and the lawsuits against these companies, they're having to self-police with what they, the algorithm recommends. So you can yeah. see in an Instagram, we had a, I had a, one of our listeners said, if you go to on Instagram, if you go to account and then account settings and then account status, it'll show you if something's been flagged. And frankly, the knife, so I went to that and because I, I started to notice a couple years ago that I wasn't seeing new viewers. I wasn't seeing new eyes. And it was the knife I made for your wife was flagged as as something that prevents my content from being promoted. So they said you can erase. Yeah, exactly. It was a regular chef knife. All the knives I make, it was this fucking Wonder Woman chef knife was preventing me from was the out the algorithm deemed that to be something that was 
verboten and that what they're going to do is they're just not going to promote. So what's happening is, is these knife content, you know, your knife content or other people's knife content or gun content or certain content, they're being policed to a certain degree because YouTube or Instagram or Facebook doesn't want to be in any type of a position, especially if a, you know, you know, for in their minds, uh, if, if yeah. there's like a, if there's like a, if there's a huge class action lawsuit where, you know, you can figure, you know, can figure out that the, you know, I was, you know, the YouTube told me to watch this video based on what I've been watching, you know, all of a sudden Aaron Goff started telling me he had to stop look watching videos because all of a sudden he started getting promoted to watching all these white supremacist videos. And then all of a sudden it was like he was almost flagged because of what he had been, you know, watching or recommended as being something that he didn't want to, you know, you want to be associated with. Yeah. So that's one huge issue with the whole, and then, but that's your bread and butter is these sword videos and these knife baking videos and new weapon videos. And I mean, it's, it's weird for me because honestly, I consider a sword more of a weapon than say a Bowie knife or a kitchen knife. Right. Um, but sword videos have always done really good. Act videos do really good. But anything, anything with the word knife in it on my channel does absolute dog crap. Hmm. And then there'll be like a smaller channel like uh, JHU Blades. I don't know if you know him. He uh, Jesse Hugh. He just started up his YouTube channel again. He's got like very few subscribers and every video he's done is crushing and they all have like Damascus knife in the title. Will Stelter does knife. I mean, tons of knife makers do just crush it. Yeah. But if I have anything knife related, it could honestly, like, I don't want to blame stuff on the algorithm. Like, could be that I have a bunch of anime nerds on my channel that just don't give a crap about knives. I, I think <laughs> very I, possible. I, that's possible too. But I, what I, when <laughs> but I was talking weird. to, it's like, when I was talking, go ahead. I was talking to uh, Aaron Goff. Not only is does his are his knife making YouTube videos just you know have have made a lot of knife makers learn how to make knives, mm -hmm. but he is very very smart. He's in computers and tech, and he said that the, he said this concept of AI isn't really a thing. It's not true. You uh, have to see it all as and algorithms too as deep learning software where it's just not yeah. ready. It's the, it's not it's not perfect and it's constantly learning and it's still slow to develop. Yeah, I, I ha the only reason that I don't complain about the algorithm and I use, and I honestly do not complain about the alg algorithm is like what I said to you on my personal accounts. I don't really as far as YouTube goes. Instagram awful. Like all I get is fitness girls whatever they're always trying to put girls in front of me and i don't look at any of that crap uh, whatever but youtube literally almost nails me every time like they almost only suggest videos that i would actually watch and i watch suggest videos like constantly like i listen to i listen to videos more than i do even watch them uh so it like knows to put videos in front of me that are more podcasty because i drive in about like an hour hour and 10 minutes right. to work every day so like i have those type of videos playing all the time and it like knows to put more of them in and i'll just i'll just watch them so like if it i feel like i don't know i don't i don't really know but i i do know that if i sometimes like for instance this last I, mind you i am not crying about this. no i don't care if my videos i do kind of care but i don't really care if my videos get ten thousand views and like it helps financially of course of course and it's nice to get some recognition into something you put a lot of work in but for the most part, like I did that, I went for the Bill Moran Award yes. last Blade show. 
I think we talked yeah, about you this got at it. length. And I got it. So I afterwards I made a video of making that knife. And I think I did it very classy. I didn't I talked about the struggle, I talked about my thought process, I talked a little bit about the history of Bill Moran. I'm not a I'm not a like a super pro on all of Bill Moran, but he's local to me, so I've all that's been a name that I've heard my whole life. Uh so I put a lot into that. I made it a very nice almost documentary style video and it soared. It did so good. It like went it shot up to like 40,000 views really fast. And I've never seen views on a video turn off like that one turned off. What? That had to have been algorithm. I mean, it literally went from getting like 900 to 1500 views an hour for the first few days and then it went to literally one hour it was like 900 and the next hour it was 45 the next hour it was 20 to 10 and it just kind of stayed at like 10 views an hour that's where it kind of lived what it just you, shut off what do you think's happened i don't know that's what night videos do for me my retention time is really good on that people the like to dislike ratio is like oh, basically 100 percent. tons of comments People congratulating. I respond to the comments. I did everything I always do. It just literally like as if someone hit a off button and it just died. It's just right at fifty thousand views and really hasn't moved in two weeks. This is more than more than two, like a month. This is the reason like, okay. why I hate. I I don't hate. I don't hate anything, but I really don't trust all these situations. I said to I said to somebody especially with Instagram. I said, you know what the problem is? Human beings don't like change, but people don't like change in general. And I said, but like Instagram loves change. <laughs> and that's the oh, problem. Yeah. It's like they love change. And it's like, all, it's just- We all miss pictures on Instagram, don't we? I mean, you know, the, <laughs> the weird thing is, is like, and I had to make some decisions personally because I'm looking to, I use- I don't, I, you know, I tried that. I got monetized on Instagram for a little bit, and then all of a sudden, they like stopped that whole bit, and that was yep. that was the whole thing. And then, I, for me, it's driving people to my website. So the hardest part is, we notice we get a lot of return customers, but we wanted to start to get new customers, and I have to figure out, well, what should I do? And I started to notice that I'm getting the knife stuff is getting suppressed. I, I hate to use it, but it is true. So I started doing more cooking stuff. And I really had to like figure out ways in which to get more engagement. And it really was interesting. It, it's interesting, but at the same time, like I, you know, about to turn 50 and I'm like, I want a business not based off of speculation. I, I like my, I, Fader Knives is going better than I expected it. If you asked me five years ago, it's in better position than I would have asked in five, five years ago. Nice. But it's the same time. It's like, I'm not willing to. You know, I have a friend who's like, I could be your videographer. I'm not interested. I'm, that's just not, because if I ha if I do it, I have to do it 100% like this, the podcast. I if if this goddamn thing doesn't go up on every Friday, I get crazy. Like I get crazy because yeah. I want it to be like a radio show. And yeah. I want in the radio show is if you just if you don't grind and if you don't make headway and you don't get better and you don't people aren't interested then all of a sudden it's over you can't just do one or two and then and i know that in my mind if i'm not doing a, a video every week i'm gonna drive myself crazy because i know it's because <laughs> i know that it won't be any, it won't be worth it yeah i mean uh 
for sure that happens and it happens to everyone um it's it's weird i kind of like i said after the js set like i really got relaxed on the videos and kind of was just waiting for sponsors to come in instead of like coming up with really right. great ideas i was waiting for big hits right. and a couple of them did come in like I, we made like Numchuck from John Wick. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, we made a katana for Call of Duty, and actually, like, they bought katana it for whatever the heck they're using it for. So some of that stuff was really great. Um, but I think as a YouTuber, that's a really it. You need to constantly connect whatever creator you are with your audience. And if you just put one video out every month or every five weeks, it's not enough. Um, it's it 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 can be if you really are if you really know you're hitting home runs every time, but like you never know if you're gonna hit a home run. And sometimes you have a really good feeling that something's gonna turn out great. But you never know. Like look at like honor uh, honors videos. Like his, he's got some that only have ten thousand views, and then one just like it will have millions you know what i mean you just never really know what's gonna hit so consistency for any creator whether it's video content or if it's just making product is super key but you're missing out you're missing out one thing with otter he likes doing it if you don't like doing it then don't do it because it's not you're not gonna and you're not gonna be invested yeah yeah for sure and i'm you know I, I, for better or for worse, I have true perspective on what's important to me, and uh, you know, honestly, uh, you yourself included, uh, the amount of people that reached out to me, it seemed like most people didn't know what to say, but everybody knew to say something. Um, total strangers, so many people found my Instagram through while the hack just had happened before they like got the about us page on my youtube channel and they deleted all that information my instagram was on there people found me through there and messaged me uh people went through my website that shop and like found the email contact and emailed me tons of people hit me up on reddit of all places i don't even know how they found my reddit because huh. <laughs> i don't really use it that much uh, and it's not my name or tied to that works it's like my, my actual video game tag which i don't think is very public People went to my Twitch, which I haven't live streamed on Twitch in two years. And I mean, like everywhere they could message me, they were messaging me, Discord, everything. And that made me like, I've been kind of feeling a little like, man, people aren't really all that into my stuff lately, um, which is kind of a bummer. And it's stupid to feel that way because you just never know what's going on behind. Um, but it really did mean a lot to me. Um, that everybody reached out um and it also got some perspective for some people who didn't reach out so which was weird too but what do you mean uh, yeah, i'm not gonna name names but like it's kind of weird that people in my life did reach out and uh that obviously going on but didn't yeah but maybe maybe did and maybe they uh, were the, maybe they were the hackers maybe but it just like I said, I feel like a little reinvigorated. Not a little, I feel very reinvigorated. And I really, like this project that I'm working on with Steve is so good. Um, 
and it had so many challenges and like things along the way and like i said right in the middle of it my youtube channel got hacked so like my motivation was gone and uh it just it was really hard to work through it plus we had that heat wave right in the middle as we're like forging stuff in the coal forge the whole time at at, a hundred plus degrees and once you turn that on in that little workshop it's probably 120 in there it's like literally a sauna um but steve and i have been like at it for like almost i guess two and a half weeks solid on the project uh so like we're one or two days away from it being done and i'm really excited to show people that i got like i said a couple restoration videos some small stuff and then we started putting together the, the huge 750 chambersburg oh yeah um and that thing's all freed up so we'll have a video on that coming up and uh, i'm just chris has been telling chris is gonna listen to this well he probably won't but this far <laughs> we didn't talk about sports yet but, yeah but uh he's he's gonna be like yeah i told you he's been telling me for six months to a year that we need to start getting away from just doing video game stuff and like let's sh- keep saying let's show the real side of like what we really do like when we you know some of it is going to be creating he's like but you should really show like if we go to an auction and find a tool and restore it so he's been really like more of a behind the scenes look at what we do and stop trying to be so prim and polished right. in every video well there's sure a little bit of both of it. you so, need both you need a little so bit he of... started doing that on his channel to kind of show me like see dude people are into this so uh uh i'm glad he's got his stuff going but uh we're gonna be doing a lot more of that too doing some live streams honestly if i have one thing to take away from even though it was cryptocurrency crap at some point there was like six thousand people watching a live stream and i don't know if those were bots or not but it was kind of cool to see my channel with that kind of Ugh. reach so maybe we'll start doing some more live streams maybe just keep it away from the crypto it would be funny is if you did a video where you like made it look like the if you made it look that would, you don't think it'd be funny if you made it look like it, it was would the, be funny like dark humor funny i but. have uh we had a story in our town in terms of hackers and and this is this is a very strange story this kid who was two years ahead of my kid was the fbi stormed you know that raided his house his parents house he got two, a couple kids turns out he was the proprietor of a dark website that was hosting hackers and it was like basically a buy and trade you know huh. people's information sure. well you know this kid is like all right so the, so if my kid's 18 this kid's 20 you know he was the proprietor he was apparently he was a very famous hacker the the fbi came with like pile of cars and they took him away and well i mean now he's looking at either he's looking at real time or a job <laughs> you never know and um it was a huge deal because these hackers they don't care he had he was a proprietor of this dark website where they were buying and trading people's information and he had you know there were and there was a lot of bad things on there there was a lot of real bad things on there and it it what got to the point was hearing reading some articles about it was that it felt as though and we i don't know this kid i mean i saw him walking to school and i kind of know the family not really well god bless him i hope that you know whatever but at the same time there's this incredible level where of zero empathy for victims 
And the reason why, it's very similar to like people who attack people online. I had a friend who just did a video about making a salad and in the salad is, is nightshade, tomato and tomato leaves. And this guy out of nowhere just started fucking ripping him. And it was just like, there was zero, there was, because it, you weren't seeing face, this isn't obviously something you would do face to face. There is this lack of humanity because it's behind the screen. These hackers, they don't give a shit about anybody. I've, no. I don't know if you watched any of those. I started getting involved. You know what? Unfortunately, one of my, my guests, Matt Gentry, got me on TikTok, which is a huge mistake. I hate it. I hate everything about it, and I, it was a huge mistake, and I, was, I wish I never did it, and I did it. I'm sticking with it, but I'm doing it. They have all these videos about like these professional hackers who hack hackers, and they do these videos where they're pretending to be old ladies and you give them the account and they're and they're and then they let you let you watch them hack the hackers and i was obsessed with it but at the same time then you hear <laughs> the hackers started crying please give me my information back and it was i couldn't handle it mm. it's too much yeah. no happy ending there but well well i gotta tell you i have a few people that i may consider enemies i wouldn't wish this upon any of them it sucked, and um, I'm not through the other side, and it was terrifying, and, you know, I wiped my computer, but still feel, like, nervous about right. what's on here. You never know. And, uh, yeah, in general, it just is, like, it's a horrible, horrible feeling, and I, someone who, like, I had a lot of people, like, in Discord or different places commenting, like, didn't you have two-step authentication? Ugh, How could you be so Everybody knows stupid? better. Bro, I really did. Everybody I had knows everything. I didn't even know. Like, apparently when they hacked me, uh, it got to the point where it said the only way to recover your account is to use the backup code USB drive. And I'm like, what the hell is that? Never even heard of a backup code USB drive. But apparently, you can have one of those made and sent to you and that's the only way that you can truly hard back your thing up and they did that the hackers did that all within the first hour um i don't even know how that's possible but they did but guarantee to you that my channel has that on there now so if it ever happened again hopefully i'll plug this thing in my computer and everything will be okay but i tell you what as safe as everybody thinks they are that was a very um very minor mistake I made and 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 to my defense I had treated other uh you know fake email sponsor stuff the same way where I previewed files wouldn't actually unzip them and everything was fine so I felt like I followed my my order of operations correctly and it didn't matter it must be a very so, easy procedure I must they on their end I mean this is their business they yeah. must have it down to like they had it down it man. does it, it's it. fast everything moves okay. very fast it's probably effortless it's, too. yeah and i don't think i don't think it's the human doing no. it. Like, i mean the human behind it all sure but i think it was very automated there was a system that knew how to just make it all go away like mm. i'm telling you like i think it happened within a minute at longest two and a half minutes done nothing i could oh god Over. well it's up well now you're back now we're back. Now we're back. We're going to build up again. You're reinvigorated. You're a young guy. Mm -hmm. You have a beautiful family, a wonderful Am I wife. Young? Am I still young? 
I don't know how old are you. Forty. Fuck out of here! You're you get that long beard. I you all you guys are those oh, beards. It's like I wear a lot of hats for the lack of hair up on top. I know, but I mean the beards. Everybody wants to look. Everyone gets worried about being younger. And you all want to look older. I look younger than you, and I'm ten years older. Yeah, it's true. I look good, dude. Don't try, I'm telling you, man. I'm I'm the fountain of youth. Somebody said to me, some uh, who cares what the fuck somebody said to me. Listen. I have to, I, we have to do this one because Chris said to me, Chris Cash said, I only like it when you talk about sports. So I have to bring this up. I have to bring this up. I'm grateful. I'm, we're gonna, we can swing back, but fine. I have to bring this up. I'm grateful that you're squared away. I'm grateful that you went through this. I'm grateful. Ultimately, it's a great story. I mean, it is a great story. And, and like, story. it's a great story. And you know what they say about comedy? Comedy is tragedy plus time. So you're going to be able to joke about it at some point. At some point. But not now. Maybe a little bit later. But what I wanted to talk about, because we talked last episode, we talked about sports, is yesterday. Today is, the Tuesday, is Tuesday the 12th. And I have to... This is something that was so huge yesterday monday that we were gonna do monday on uh, september 11th we were gonna record and i had to do something else and thank you for being flexible so september 11th obviously is in new york especially especially if you're at a certain age where like me who my wife and i were there we were on the bqe seeing the second plane hit it, it it hits different and now the weirdest part is because it was 22 years ago there's a generation that has no idea what the fuck we're talking about <laughs> september 11th it's crazy it was it, i definitely watched through like a couple of the news things yesterday um i make sure that i do that every year because i even though we lived it still I forget. It's so watching the news anchors and the actions of everything happening live. God, like you can't help but at least I can't help but like tear up. Yeah. And just feel the, all the emotion and like come back like it happened yesterday. Well, there's there's a generation now who has you know, I actually a couple yeah, years ago kid. I was talking I was talking <laughs> to I was talking to Kurt Halland. Kurt Halland, you know Kurt Halland. Yeah. All right. I mean, unbelievable, Bladesmith. He has a beard. He looks old. And I was talking to him somehow, and I was, we were talking about September 11th came up, and I was like, yeah, I was on the on the BQE when the second plane hit. I was living in Brooklyn, and we we witnessed the whole thing, and we were there. And he goes, wow, I can't believe it. I was only three, and I was yeah. just like, you're not. You have a beard. You're not allowed. To, you're not allowed to. You're not allowed to say you you, you were you you know nothing about it because you you have a beard now, but the, yeah. so the, so you know as years go on, it's a whole thing. But what what's really in it for me, especially, you know, September 11th with my wife, we really get very nostalgic. We kind of recreate the whole thing and we cry a little bit every year. And there's yeah. a couple guys I talked to. One good friend of mine who he and I on September 11th went to of uh, this Brooklyn Red Cross to donate blood and then i talked to another high school friend whose friends were all up in the tower and it's very you know there's a lot of we yeah. i mean my family and i were relatively we didn't know people directly we knew a few people but it was I did. but so so september 11th is is like a, obviously it's a very it's a very hallowed it's hallowed it's a hallowed sacred time but one of the things is is because you know during at the time Baseball, the Yankees and the Mets at September 11th in in October, made the city feel like 
things are going to go back. You know, when the Yankees played in October uh, back in 2001, and then Mike Piazza on the Mets got a home run, and it was like it was like this amazing feeling of we'll get back. So the Yankees, yeah. in, the Yankees and the Mets, baseball kind of owned the bringing back New York. Sure. So this summer. The Yankees have sucked, and, and and I don't need to even le- l- see the box scores. I don't even need to listen. I've listened to every single game. I don't even need that because you and Matt Harris let me know. I almost hey, it's more Matt Harris. Well, honestly. Matt Harris lets me know all the time that the I'll God, jump in. I'll jump. In. You'll jump in, but Matt I'm Harris lets me know. Part. He lets me know all that, and I yeah. and God bless. God bless the the Baltimore Orioles because they just knocked. They just yesterday made. Uh, well, let me get to it. So it's September 11th, and I'm we, uh, Yankees are going to play uh, the Red Sox. The Red Sox, and it's going to be on Amazon Prime. So I, I get home. My wife and I are going to make a little dinner. We're going to watch the game. Well, all of a sudden it's a rain delay, and then Amazon plays a screen of you know, Fenway Park, and it's just, you know, the, the tarp, L.L. Bean tarp. And uh, it's on and on and on. And, and they think, okay, maybe we'd, gone, we'd just gone to a Yankee game where there was a rain delay, and then it took 45 minutes to get the field ready. We, we, it was a two-hour delay, but maybe it, it happened. We're watching, 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 and then all of a sudden they say, all right, we're going we're gonna to not play it. We're going we're gonna to postpone until tomorrow morning. All right, so all of a sudden, Yankees have already dis- disgraced New York by being in, like, you know, under 500, ba- playing under 500 mm-hmm. baseball. And now they're disrespecting, now we're being disrespected by no longer owning fucking September 11th, you know, yeah. for, the, for New York. And I start to think, okay, well, what else is going on? Oh, the Jets are playing. Well, yesterday or uh, Sunday, the Giants got embarrassed on the opening game against the uh who did they play who who beat the brakes off of them it was no it was the giants and i know i know i know who it was but it was um go ahead i don't remember exactly i forgot the name but they destroyed 40 to 0 in metlife stadium destroyed the, the giants terrible so tuesday night so september 11th are the jets are gonna play and this is the first game for aaron Rodgers. now i have to set this whole thing up last after th- after after the Super Bowl last year, New York Sports Radio, which I love, I love New York Sports Radio because it's the only real broadcasting that has passion and it matters. Like you can listen to the podcast, you can listen to this a year from now, and it's not time sensitive. But like sports radio is time sensitive in the because you can watch a game and then get some commentary and get some, you know, you can. It, I like it. Since last year, New York Sports Radio were obsessed with Aaron Rodgers. Where is yeah. he going to go? Is he he's going to go into an ayahuasca trip and he's going to decide yeah. where he's going to go? And we're going the Jets are looking at him, and it was months and months and months and months of wall to wall coverage of speculation of Aaron Rodgers. Wall to wall. I was listening. Well, we had the Lamar Jackson thing the whole time. So yeah. Well, this was like because all of a sudden, you know, there are all these, you know, the Jets said this this is the opportunity and this is the best place for him and he has an opportunity to really do well with the Jets. And I'm not a Jets fan nor a Giants fan, but at the same time, I got sucked in because of the radio. He gets in and it's like New York is invigorated. The Jets are going to be the team. The Jets, the Jets, the Jets, and Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers was at the playoff game of the Knicks. The Knicks, they put them on the Jumbotron and the 
fucking Madison Square Garden went bananas. They were when there was a Ranger game, a playoff game, they put him on the jumbotron. He is the now the king of New York. The king of New York. He before he was kind of disgraced over in the Packers because of his COVID things and he was just kind of squirrely and a little bit weird and very Joe Rogany, which is fine, I guess, but it was like a rubbed in the wrong way and blah blah blah. Arrogant blah blah. He was the king of New York. Fast forward now you a year I've been listening to goddamn Aaron Rodgers. A year, a year of Aaron Rodgers. And all of a sudden, so last night, I can't watch, you now you can't watch sports anymore without paying. So I'm, and I ain't gonna, I don't know how to get, yeah, I can't even watch the Jets game. So I, so I'm like, all right, well, you know, the game's not going to happen. Red Sox, let's go see what's going on with the Jets. All of a sudden I see on Twitter, oh no, the third, the, the fourth, they, he comes out, I see the, they at the met the stadium is black and the fireworks going off and Aaron Rodgers comes out of the tunnel running. This is September 11th. He's running down the tunnel with the American flag. It's like Jesus is now the the, the, the quarterback <laughs> of the New York Jets. Everyone, yeah. if you're a Jets fan and you see Aaron Rodgers, your new savior, running down the fucking tunnel carrying the American flag on September 11th. The Jets now own September 11th. Period. The Giants got crushed. Yankees suck. The Mets imploded. Now it's the time for the Jets. Mm-hmm. Third or fourth play of the Didn't game. Didn't even make a completion. Fourth play of the game. Didn't even make a completion. Guy runs up, tackles him, and I sent you the video. You can yeah. see... Uh-huh. They he popped an Achilles tendon or some. So you see oh. this explosion under his uh, under his calf. I hadn't seen that slow mo yet. Oh. It is that's like my, that's ev- like literally my worst fear. Every single person was like oh. a year of getting ready. A year of New York's got a new prince. A year. It's been wall to wall Aaron Rodgers mayhem. Fourth play, he oh. gets carried off. He is out for the season, probably for the rest of his life. Probably this is it for his career. Probably. Last night. Well, knowing him, he'll be hard-headed to come back. Twitter was out. I mean, it was like. Can all, you imagine? This in New York, tri-state area, and I'm saying this with peace and love and respect, this eclipsed 9-11. In New York. No question. All of a sudden, it's 9 o'clock at night. Nobody, nobody, nobody is like, don't ever forget, never forget all the Twits Hour. God bless, peace and love. And I'm like Mr. September 11th. I, I mean, like, I get, I talk to people about it all the time, and I'm very you know, involved in, in September 11th and firefighters things. I do a lot of stuff with firefighters. Nobody was talking about the Twits Hours last night. Nobody. Oh. And I have to, I have to, have to, have to play you one of the great radio uh, screams, yells, rants from my favorite show, uh, t- t- uh, uh, Brandon Tierney and Salicata. This is this morning. I have got, and th- so now everyone's, and so the crazy part is, is the Jets won last night with Zach Wilson came, came at it, figured it out. But this is what I'm going to leave you with. This is one of the great broadcast bits of all time, and I'm going to leave you with it right now. And and then you've got this is Brandon Tierney. Four plays in. 
He's done. He's done. Do not tell me today that the season is over. Get up. Stop walking around work like a loser. Get your act together. We're playing until January. <laughs> there is no way that I'm tapping out now. No chance. If you didn't kill us last night, we are unkillable. I have Zach's back. I'm not saying Super Bowl, but I am saying playoffs with Zach. And I, I think the season, in fact, might be over, BT. I had to break it to you. <laughs> <laughs> How great is that? How fucking... That is yeah. broadcasting you, you brilliance. Know, not that it was, like, as big of a, uh, a talked-about thing in the offseason, but last year, our running back, Baltimore Ravens running back, J.K. Dobbins, was out for, I think, three quarters of the season uh, with... Uh, I forgot what it was, like an ACL or MCL tear. So he... They were so careful with him all preseason. Um, J.K. Dobbins, if you know, was from Rutgers. He was a super like touted running back, and he really crushed with us. Uh, and then he got he was out for the year, and he, they were careful with him all preseason. Yeah, they didn't really let him play. They were like, you know, really making sure he was ready to go. He played the first quarter. He scored a touchdown. He was on fire, and then literally on what seemed to be a super routine play. Kind of just kind of like kind of tumbled out of bounds. It really didn't seem like there was anything bad. bad. He did the same thing. He popped his Achilles. Dude. He's out. He's out. It could be. I mean, you just never know with Achilles. We all saw Kobe come back, so everybody thinks you come back from that. But not everybody's Kobe Bryant. And Aaron Rodgers like, is 40. Yeah, know, well, Aaron like, Rodgers, like, like I said, he's hard-headed. He might come back, but like, ah. Not this year. Running back, cutting hard, man. Everybody was doubting whether he'd come back on the knee, so. In Baltimore, even though I can't stand any New York team, uh, I definitely root for them on 9-11. And also, um, I don't want that on anybody. Like, oh. that is, like I said, it's my worst fear. When I was little, I woke up in the middle of the night, and we had like basic, basic cable, I think, at one point. We were pretty poor, so we like never had cable. But I think we had cable and like maybe one of those packages where HBO is free for the weekend or something. And Pet Cemetery was on, and there's a scene where like the little kid is hiding under the bed with a razor knife, and he cuts this guy's Achilles, and I accidentally kind of saw it, and literally that's been like the grossest, weirdest fear of my life, like my Achilles tendon. I have like a phobia of it. I bet. So seeing that video, you sent me. Oh, that. But the crazy thing is, is the yesterday's. I mean, cyclonic, a roller coaster of emotions. You know, it was like berserk. It was berserk. I mean, it was literally like if you were in the if you were in the tri-state area for 24 hours with the uh, Daniel Jones of the of the of the um, Giants getting killed. I, why did I forget it was the Cowboys against their sworn enemies, the Cowboys? The Cowboys whipped them, the Giants, 40 to zero. 40 to zero and then september 11th and everyone's you know 
thinking about things. And like I said, I'm talking to friends that we talk every year and, you know, really kind of, I, I'm in a bad mood on September 11th in general. I'm sad. Yeah. I think about it all. And then I'm ready for some baseball. And remember, I remember Derek Jeter. Derek yeah. Jeter made it everything okay. You know, yeah. even Mike Piazza, I hate the Mets, but Mike Piazza made everything okay. And yeah. then it's like Yankees are the rain delay, rain <laughs> postponement. How could like, you? I mean, it was like up in Boston. It was going to be in Fenway Park. And meanwhile, they postponed the game and they were playing while we were talking. And when before you came on, oh, the Yankees won. Holy shit. That's it. Wow. The Yankees were, when I was, when I first got you on, the Yankees were, it was two to zero against the uh, two to zero and then the Yankees just uh pull it together okay listen to that maybe the oh, Yankees are back baby uh, they're yeah, still they're back they're still Aren't they eliminated by now yeah, thanks uh, yeah they just got eliminated by the Baltimore Orioles mathematically oh, eliminated Dude, who the, the mathematic I mean it's just like this is a, this is terrible but at the same time it's like I I hey. to me we deserve it. To me, it's been a long time. Oh, absolute awful baseball. This has been great. I mean, it's been. I've been. Listen, I get. I get chirped at by. I got. A, I got. A, a cri, I got a grip of Maryland fans. I had uh, all these guys from Maryland down at the uh, when I was at the Center for Mental Arts, who were uh, who were Maryland fans, and and I. God bless the Baltimore Orioles. I'm happy for you. I mean, you guys deserve it. You guys deserve it. Yankees are just like you know they were. Garbage. This year, I spent a lot of time listening to them. They're garbage this year, but at the same time, I'm I'll I'll hit a couple more games before the end of September. I'll try to hit a couple more games. That's for sure. Yeah, man. Sometimes it's about the sport. But that that uh, Brandon Tierney rant that was like gold glove. Typical New York. That was dynamite. You guys sports self-destruct radio. over sports. How gr- Come on. How now? You have to understand that that epic, epic radio broadcasting rant was built on the back of him doing months and months and months of Aaron Rodgers talk. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. like good for him. To the point where they had to like they would talk to each other like, do you think we could do another day on Aaron Rodgers? They're like, yeah, we could do one more day on Aaron Rodgers. And they did months and months and months and months of Aaron Rodgers talk. And for this to happen, it's just like it's unbelievable. That's it. So what else is going on for Matt Stagmer? You're back. That works is back. Are we going to yeah. see you at Maker Camp? Oh, heck yeah. All right. I'm demonstrating stuff at Maker Camp. What are you demonstrating? Some, uh, we'll see. I'm doing technically complex grinding. I'm doing one demo a day of complex grinding, which basically was a blanket term of describing that I'll be doing something right. unusual. Um, I have some plans. I'm going to like probably grind a like a flambered wavy blade. Whoa. Some people think that's really hard, but it was really quick. I think I'm going to show, like, if you saw my story today on Instagram, I, like, was turning a pommel on a grinder. Oh, yeah. Like you, like you would a lathe. Yeah. So I'm thinking about, like, doing that real quick and then showing how you can do some really complex faceting really fast on a grinder. Um, I'm going to show how to do a spiral fluted handle really, really, really fast on a grinder. Um, some stuff like that. And I'll, if people want to see specific things, I'll do it. But, like, honestly, I'm not, like, the best... It's like knife grinder there is. I do swords, so I'm gonna show some some pretty cool stuff. Um, also gonna do like some hand engraving 101 again. Um, people really enjoyed that last year. Once again, I'm not really a great hand engraver, but I know the basics. And it's one of those things where I can kind of, if you at least are semi talented or co- coordinated with your hands, I can get you uh, scratching some lines and some steel with an engraver 
Just uh, we're talking hammer and chisel style. Pretty quick. I need that. So uh, I'm gonna do that right before Evan Watson's demonstration. I think Friday and Saturday, but not Sunday. I think that's the plan. And that'll be in the maker space. That I think like under where. You I need some of that engraving point. in my life because there's a project that there's a couple yeah. projects I want to do for my friction folders because it's, the, well, the handles are not, so thick. If I'm not demoing and like you're not demoing, like snag me because I'll have like a engraver's I, ball and we can just I can real quickly get into it. I like, want to because my friction folders are eighth inch thick. There's a room yeah. for all sorts of stuff in there. Yeah, and yeah. like it's mild steel, and I thought it would be fun to be able to knock some out. But like, it's really fun. Yeah, yeah, I bet it's fun. Like, I could see myself doing some of that stuff. I, I want to. Sure. I, I need to. I need to learn. So, and the hard yeah. part is, is there's so many things to see at Maker Camp that it's like, and then I got a demo too, and then apparently I'm doing. I'm gonna be doing guys. That was don't disregard that snort. I will be at Maker Camp. I think <laughs> I'm gonna be running. I think I'm running another uh, Mark Adams uh, art talk. I think I'm gonna probably record it too, just because. You know, why not? So we're going to be doing yeah. that. And then he's got a few people. Matt Harris might be involved. You know what? Maybe Matt Harris and I will hijack the whole episode and just talk about baseball. And ah. then these art people will be not happy at all. And Mark nice. Adams will not be happy at all. But, that would be funny. But I mean, you know, speaking of your friction folders, um, I just wanted to say that almost every time that I hear that you're doing that class PMA, I always want to come down because A, I, I should be taking more classes at CMA. It's only an hour and a half from me. But almost every time some sort of sponsor build comes along and I can't come. But that, you might think that's just like a nothing. That's like a really freaking cool class for somebody to make. And the outcomes that I saw, all the, all the students do, they all look great. I, I must be a really fun class to take. Listen, and teach. You're, very, you're very kind. I, I will be excoriating knife makers at Maker Camp because <laughs> because what I tried to do is come up with a class that was more of a blacksmithing class yeah. than a knife making class. Sure. And it'd be a lot of it's because most knife makers try to solve knife making problems with knife making answers where they should yeah. be solving knife making questions with blacksmithing and problem solving yeah, answers. That, that's got offsets. So got this was, this is, this is, oh, if, and, and I'll be honest with you. And when I came up with this, I mean, it was based off when I first started, I did the first friction folder I did was years ago. And then I started and I was, it was putting the handle together and I, and I hated the way I was putting the handle together. It was all bolted together. And then I saw Nick Rossi. I saw Charlie Lionheart and a few other guys forging the handles. So I really tried to do my own version. And then I found something that I really like. There's a lot of explanations of where I got to and how I got to where I got and how I kind of tried to make this particular style my own. It is, if I have, if you said to me, Jeff, you have to make a knife today and you can make whatever knife you want, I'll make a friction folder. They're the most bang for your buck in terms of fun that you're going to find. I mean, it's so much fun. I mean, they're fun because they're easy and there's not a lot of grinding and it's a lot of nice forging and it's really easy to do. And uh, yeah, I appreciate it because the class, yeah, class cool. always goes well and I'm going to go back to Center for Middle Arts for 2024. And Pat was happy with me, Excellent. you know. He says I'm yeah, a good man. instructor, so it's good enough I for him. It's good you enough are for a good instructor. Well, I've seen that maker camp stuff, gauging. Well, I'm gonna be uh, more. Yeah, I'm gonna be more yelling. Craft, yeah, well, it's good to make the craft seem approachable and break it down in in smaller steps. Because even I, like you know, I don't do a ton of forging, but like when I have to, uh, it's like super fun. But you just gotta break it down. 
see stop looking at the final result as like being so impossible and it's like no literally break it down hit by hit get it done i'm never i never want to be one of these you know i god bless all you guys who are just like these detail you know i mean make these amazing i want to kick i want to kick the door in for people to get involved with blacksmithing if i can come up with an introductory class that fits that scratches the itch to get people to keep going back to the center for middle arts that's my goal that's all i want to do because and then that's it so i was very kind of you to say that thank you my brother heck, heck yeah i mean i'm really excited about maker camp because it's just you know i don't care if i'm a demonstrator or not honestly they asked me to each year and i'm never going to say no because it's fun to have something to do instead of not but honestly it's just you know kind of like a like get together for everybody and i'm really excited that they're like i didn't mind the maker burn but i really hated how it spreaded the tents out and that's not going to be there this year or at least not oh there isn't going to be a burn so they're going to do the tents like year one remember how close everything was so the blackness get to yell at the woodworkers and stuff and like i think that was a that was a part of the first year that i think really we all missed out the last couple years was being closer together right right seemed like a one huge party instead of five separate parties you know and uh i really look forward to that but yeah doing the doing the graving is really fun because that's something that we can that i can get people immediately trying and and feeling like they can go home because a lot of times i don't know if you're this way but like my brother used to say this all the time and i kind of carry it on is i didn't if i don't give myself permission to do something i won't like like engraving i didn't do engraving for years and like right before i started my js stuff i asked Ilya to show me the basics and he gave me like 10 minute like rundown of how to do it and i started beating i don't know holy crap i can actually do this not well but i i had the basics down pretty quick i feel like i can do the same for other people so that they will go home and actually give it a try instead of being intimidated by it so that's my main goal is to do that and as far as the grinding goes like i'm gonna do the most complex things that usually intimidate and scare people and i'm gonna do it super fast show you like you can just do this like you'll mess up two or three pieces but then you'll be gold so i i love that i love when people come up to me and say like oh i watched this video and like i always thought that grind was difficult but you seem to break it down easy and now i'm doing it awesome i love freehand jigless uh Jigless grinding sounds weird. Dude, jigless grinding sounds <laughs> jigless great. Grinding. Is that the first time? That is a new. We have to call it jigless. Jigless grinding. Jigless. Jigless grinding is a great expression. Get jigless with it. I will. We yeah. are going to promote jigless grinding. Jigless right. grinding. Because then you the G. Nothing the J- wrong with using a work rest and stuff, but I've always prided oh. myself on. And honestly, I wish I could show it in this next video. Is that this blade that Steve and I made had. Uh, a bit of a problem in it um and if i would have relied on a work rest to grind a hollow ground huge two-handed sword blade basically if i would have used a work rest or like any kind of machine to grind that and didn't do it by feel it would have been completely yeah I had to, like push some lines here and there to make things work and and i made it work so it's like i, I like how i do it and there's nothing wrong with setting up a jig and getting things no perfectly. but i really do love jigless i jigless grind Jigless grinding, ladies and gentlemen. That's gonna be the same podcast. No, this well, with it. you know what? I was gonna go. I was gonna go with uh, that kind of works, but I, I, <laughs> I think 
I think that's what I'm going to, I think if you laughed at that, I think that that's Anywhere? what I'm going to do. The, yeah. Matt Stagmer, that kind of works. So, but I'm glad you're all squared away. Thank you for telling I your am. story. Heck yeah. You know, and, uh, if anybody out there uh, wants to help, just like I, I said in my YouTube video, just go watch the videos. That's the best thing you can do for me. All I right. mean, I don't want to harass YouTube support on Twitter about this second thing, but maybe uh, there'll be a call to arms later where, where, where I'll get past that and I do want to harass. But either way, yeah, we're back and uh, more content to come and uh, I'm fired up and technically I can test for master. All right, just yeah, just don't. You're ready yeah, like when I you're ready. Chill. You're ready when you're ready. You're ready yeah. when you're ready, guys. You heard Matt Stagmer on Instagram. That works on uh, YouTube. Watch his videos. Don't you don't have to subscribe. Just go watch them. Just put them mm -hmm. on. You t tell everybody to watch them. Tell all your friends to watch Matt Stagmer's <laughs> videos. Get let's get that works back squared away. Matt Stagmer is my friend. I'm glad this worked out. Thank you for telling your story. And I'm sure that there are a lot of YouTubers who are now a little bit more concerned and then as they should be. Keep your keep yeah. your keep stay frosty. Watch your six and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Matt, thank you so much. Thank you, man. Take care. All right, bye guys. We'll see you next week. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Yeah.